from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another version of the Fight for Good Podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley. And with me in the studio is our assistant to the editorial director, Michelle Caceres. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very good to speak with you. It's a little different today, and it may sound a little different, but it's because I happen to be on the other side of the world. I am in Bandung, Indonesia, while we're recording this. I'm conducting a Brinkle Institute over here for officers of the Indonesia Territory, and it's very exciting. But we wanted to take a little bit of uh, time today to talk about an interesting book. Michelle had an interview um, with this uh, New York Times best-selling uh, author, uh, Jeff Bethke. Now, I I had heard the title of this book, and but but you tell tell our listeners how you ran across actually uh, Jeff in the first place. Um, well, I think I'd mentioned this in other podcasts, but I had like kind of Googled top Christian bloggers and influencers, and it's very rare that um, a male figure shows up. And so when I clicked on his profile, I started just kind of researching him, seeing like what made him, you know, popular. And it was actually this video um, called Why I Hate Religion, But I Love Jesus. And I remember yeah, watching that video back in high school. And I was like, oh, I remember this. Like, I remember seeing this video. So when I, like, contacted him, we actually did a totally separate interview that'll go up in 2020 uh, just about, like, fa- family life and a work-life balance. Um, but then of after that interview, like a few weeks later, I saw on Kenzie Elizabeth, who we interviewed back in August, um, on her story, her Instagram story, this book cover. And I thought, wow, the book cover is really neat. Like it caught my attention. And then I saw who it was by. And I was like, wait, I just interviewed this guy. Like, how did we not know about this book? So I decided to get a hold of him one more time um, while his book was out to kind of talk about his book, um, you know, get our hands on a copy and like, just kind of see what it was all about because it was blowing up on social media. So many people were posting about it. And I just thought this is just a weird coincidence. So, yeah. So, so Jeff got very, very popular with spoken word, uh, a very powerful uh, video on YouTube. I think it has like 35 million views or something. Some, yeah. Some... And I think it was like even reposted like a, like a few years after because uh, you'll find out like in our next interview with him that it was just like a, a, a college assignment or something. Like it wasn't even supposed to be that viral, but it went viral. Yeah, it's very, very, very kind of interesting. Well, anyways, the, the, the name of the book, it, it might offend some of our listeners, but just kind of have an open mind with it here. It's, it, it says, to hell with the hustle, reclaiming your life in an overworked, overspent, and overconnected world. That is quite a title for a book. So Jeff is in this book, he's, he's teaching readers how to resist something called the hustle culture and embrace the slowness of Jesus. Now, Michelle, I have to be honest with you, I've never heard this phrase, hustle culture. So tell our listeners, what is the hustle culture and why is it such a big deal these days? Yeah, so... Um... 
you know, it's mostly a term that started with influencers. Um, I, I think like the everyday person didn't really know this was even a thing until influencers started talking about it. Um, it's basically just like where it's really cool to be busy. Um, so like if you're too busy to hang out with your friends, you just have such a busy schedule and you're no time for yourself or for your family and friends. Like it's cool to be that busy, which doesn't really make sense to me or relate to me at all. But I do see that like, especially with maybe younger generations, because, um, you know, you're always striving to do the next thing. Like you want to get good grades, you want to get into college, you want to get a good job, but you're not really enjoying the moment really. You know, like you're you're so focused on getting into college. Once you're in college, you're not enjoying college because you're just trying to get to your, you know, the job after college. And once you get to that job, you're not really enjoying it and appreciating what you learn because you're just trying to get to the next job. And that, you know, that I can actually relate to because I look back and I'm like, whoa, like, I don't even remember, you know, I barely remember stuff from high school and college. It feels like so long ago, but really it wasn't. So that's the part of the hustle culture that I relate to the most is just like not really enjoying where you're at. Um, but this idea of just, it's cool to be busy and to ignore everyone. I don't really agree with that, but that's a part of it. That's interesting. Well, I appreciate you uh, running across, Jeff, and I think we're, uh, we're, we're excited to listen to um, your interview. So without any further ado, here is Michelle interviewing Jeff Bethke. Okay, so I had actually, I actually follow Kenzie Elizabeth. She's a YouTuber, and we actually interviewed her back in August. And on her Instagram, she was actually showing off your book. And at first, I thought the cover was really cool. And then I saw your name, and I was like, wait, I just talked to him. So how did you get the idea of wanting to write uh, a book, and why this topic specifically? Yeah, so a lot of it came out of that first chapter. I mean, the stories, a lot of that in that first chapter of just, me and Alyssa kind of just got to this point of like, we felt like we were living the American dream, doing all the things we should have been doing, having kids at this age, a house at this age, marriage at this age. And it still was leading to, we kind of got all that and then said, man, we just felt busy, tired, burnt out, overworked, lonely. And so it kind of made us go back to the drawing board of like, what is this? Why is this? And kind of compared like cultural value system with the Lord's and what he has for us. And that was really where that kind of problem started to um, bubble up. Was the process hard? Like, did you, when did you first kind of start writing? Um, was it hard to figure out how you wanted to organize it or what you wanted to say? Yeah, I mean, writing a book is uh, never, like, easy at some level, that's for sure. But, um, but I have, you know, fourth or fifth one now, and so I, it, the, 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 what it takes to write a book and actually understanding that well, I think, was, has, is easier, if that makes sense. And so, um, yeah, so because of that, then I definitely feel like uh, – that part I knew what I was doing, but then still had to do all the hard work and put in all the sweat. Um, but then, yeah, but then also the life circumstances of it definitely made it feel easier too, because it just felt very much like coming out of what I was learning. Cool. And I think that you mentioned a part of your book where you talk specifically about finding a job, how, um, like how people want to find a job that's good enough for their parents is cool enough to tell their friends about while also fulfilling what you want as a person. Do you think that your parents tried to set up a certain achievements for you when you were younger? And if they did, um, how did you feel about that? And do you feel like you kind of met their standards for that? Yeah, good question. Yeah, no, that was actually a quote from, I think that Buzzfeed article, uh, called the burnout generation. Um, and I think I would tell people, I recommend them to go read that article. And she talks about that, how like it's, uh, 
the standards are impossible now because we have to please our parents. It has to be a cool enough job for our friends to think it's really cool. Um, and then also like be fulfilling for us. So there's kind of all these standards that weren't really around, you know, 50 years ago. No one cared if their job was cool as much as they do now or that it's fulfilling or meaningful at 20. So yeah, I think all those collisions then make it so then the pressure is really, really tough, you know? Yeah, definitely. And on the other side of that, you're a parent. How has that affected how you raised your children? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think what the big thing there is like no one ever does anything loving or kind or gentle usually when they're hurried. There's something about, you know, like we actually, we don't tend to live in a gracious way when we're really hurried and hustled. And so I've noticed that the more I can step into Jesus's pace and into his cadence and his way of doing things, the more that, yeah, I kind of will be able to lean into uh, just being a better parent and loving parent. And when do you feel like your hustle started? When did you really start to feel the busiest at any point in your life? Um, Definitely like college and right after college. I feel like that's a really big season, you know, where you kind of feel these pressures pretty, pretty powerfully. And so I just think, um, yeah, I think realizing that and trying to uh, – what we do, though, is a lot of us try to then just go do a bunch more things or we don't pay attention or we're doing things without realizing it. But I think that's the season to realize, like, oh, we're not really created for this. You know, we're not really meant for this. Yeah, uh, my boss, Jeff McDonald, and I were talking about that, too. And we said we feel like people are really frustrated from college um, to the workforce because it's kind of like you're set up. And the hardest point of your life, it's when you are officially being thrown into adulthood and yet you still don't really know what you're doing. And do you feel that like going from high school to college, people aren't really prepared for the outside world? Yeah, that's a good question. I, th I think so. I think our culture doesn't prepare. Not that I don't say we don't prepare us for the outside world. I think we actually, we don't prepare ourselves for the inside world. Like we don't prepare ourselves for what it takes to live stable and healthy and flourishing. We do prepare for the outside world of like, you got to go do this and do this and do this. And here's all the check marks and all that. And a lot of us kind of know, but then what happens is we're not stable enough. We're not anchored enough. We're not finding enough meaning and flourishing and slowness in our relationships and in our meals and in our marriages. And so uh, then that becomes really out of sync and out of tune with the external part that then is where a lot of that disillusionment comes from. And I'm pretty sure I already know your answer to this, but do you think that social media has affected the whole hustle culture? Yeah. I don't think social media is wrong, just like phones are inherently wrong. Uh, it's not inherently evil, but we do have to ask ourselves, what's it doing to us? And that's that question I put in the book a lot, is who am I becoming by the practices I'm doing? And whatever you point your eyeballs at, whatever you point your heart at, whatever you point your life at, you begin to become like that. You begin to be formed in that image. You become to be formed in that cadence. And so it's no coincidence that social media is fragmented, fast, splintered, fractured, and those are also basically words that describe our hearts now because we are, you become what you like and you become what you worship. And so I think, yeah, I don't think it's inherently wrong, but when we start going to it as the ultimate and the be all and all that, that's when it starts to kind of be really problematic. Yeah. And I think too, like with the younger generation, generation, especially they're worshiping these cultural icons like Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar. And they're thinking like, Oh, I should be like Beyonce or be like Kendrick Lamar. And it's like, no, there's only one of them. You have to be yourself because there's only one of you. So going off of that, what would your number one piece of advice be to the younger generation to avoid this sense of a hustle culture? I think, yeah, that's where the second half of the book comes in. Of just like, man, we have to have resisting practices like Sabbath 
like silence, like these things that are actually actively pushing against it. And that's when I think it becomes really um, where then you can live in it, but not of it at a, at a level, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And just to play devil's advocate for a minute, you do mention in that same chapter um, about people who go to Coachella, uh, Burning Man, Beyonce, Kendrick concerts or these festivals um, and everything else. But what if those things do actually bring them genuine joy and they're not just doing it for the Instagram post, but they actually really love music and big festivals and stuff like that? Would you say that that's OK to enjoy those things as long as they're staying true to themselves? Yeah, I think there's spectrums, you know, there's totally spectrums of of like why and what you're going to things and if it's giving you life. And so, yeah, I think something like this, the music festival, you know, you can probably find some crazy stuff that's not good for you there, but you also probably can go there and just enjoy the music and enjoy the friendship. So, yeah, it kind of then depends on each person. Yeah. And as you may know, the Salvation Army works with a lot of people who are close to or already in poverty and they don't have uh, any other choices but to work multiple jobs. So what piece of advice would you give to them if they can't take the same type of break from the world as, you know, like a social media influencer or as a Beyonce? They can't just stop working. Um, What would your advice be to them? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, I was raised by a single mom who had to work multiple jobs and also welfare and food stamps. So I totally understand that um, I I was born in that. And so, yeah, you have to just hustle just to eat. Um, And so, um, yeah, I think it's reductionist to to say that I'm trying to say, you know, uh, that just like, you know, just take breaks more and rest more. That's, you know, that's, there's a level of that, which it's true, but at some level, a lot of this is just heart level things. Like is your identity in your production and your work or is your trust in the Lord? Um, do you believe that if God told you to stop, that he will take care of you and feed you? Do you believe that, um, you know, you can do X, Y, and Z. And then things like community come in really strongly there because community allows us to live in rhythm, even if we are living in and really, or dire circumstances um and israel itself i mean israel was like almost like a peasant farming community thousands of years ago and they were commanded to take a year off from their farming um that's crazy right like these weren't people of privilege these weren't people with a lot of money these weren't people that could take breaks they had to literally farm the land to eat and god says take a year off um and so but as an act of trust and worship so i think all of us in our own circumstances certainly have to be wrestling with that but yeah but it also is definitely not me trying to say you know, just kind of chill more, take more naps and, you know, and then because to me, it's got to be true for everyone for it to be true for anyone. And I think this, uh, you know, wrestling through this in a spirit empowered resistance against the culture uh, looks different for every person, but it but it looks different. Absolutely. And going off of that, you talk about a fear chapter um, where people have these fears in their lives, such as uh, fear of faith or fear of rejection. Do you think that fear is the same across the board for all people? Or do you think it's based off people's circumstances? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, for sure. But certainly, we have to be sensitive to whatever we're raised in or whatever circumstances we're in, because that'll always color how we see everything. But the cool part about Jesus is he meets us in all our circumstances. He doesn't come with just like a flat answer or one answer. And so that's what I think is really special about him. Yeah. And I like how you phrase that. I mean, he can definitely lead different people in different situations to different places. Not everyone has the same path. So without giving too much of the book away, what was your favorite chapter of this book and why? Um, I really like the obscurity chapter. I think that's six or seven. I thought that was just a fun one to write. Um, it was the most vulnerable and hard, so it was also hardest to write. But I, I do think that was a topic that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is like, you know, it, does God call us to almost be unseen 
and unknown in some regard. And I think that's just a really fun conversation that not a lot of people are having. So that was one of my favorite chapters. And then I know that you hate the word goals, but what are some accomplishments that you and Alyssa may have for the next five or 10 years? You know, honestly, five or 10 years, I don't even know. I don't know what I'll be. I don't know. I, I, and again, I, I did kind of mean it in the book. We don't set a ton anymore. Um, and not because we don't care or have visions or hopes. We do. But I just think, you know, it's enough time. All my time is taken up in the day to just worry about forming myself in the moment right now as a good father, a good, you know, husband and a good follower of Jesus. So I feel like specifically in this season with my hands full, it's just trying to be faithful to whatever we're doing right now. And hopefully the dream and the accomplishment or the goal is that that all grows and it's fruitful. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I can think beyond that right now. And that was Jeff Bethke. Uh, again, the name of the book is To Hell with Hustle, Reclaiming Your Life in an Overworked, Overspent, and Overconnected World. Well, until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley. I'm Michelle Katsaris. We hope you have a super fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.